So, welcome to Whatever with Gigi. I'm L, and that's Janie. So we're go- we're getting back to our original format. You know, sometimes we go off script, and it's okay. But today we're gonna kind of stick with it. So I have not one, but two stories of missing of two young missing um, women. And in fact, we're gonna leave the U.S. today. I'm going all the way to Rome, to the Vatican, the Vatican City, and then I'm gonna cross over to Portugal. So yeah. Well, I think you will also be proud of me today. (laughs) Why? Because I did not do gory, nasty, or extreme. I just did freaking what? Like, what? How could this happen? Or, and I also have to, and no freaking way. What a lucky person. Well, well, I'm so Those glad. the reactions that I hope you get. Because that means I'm going to sleep tonight and I won't have to think about Janie's gore and blood and, you know, all that, like like the Jason thing she likes to put out there. So I'm thankful for that. Thank you. On this, on this June day. All right, you guys, so let's get into it. So my first story, my first mystery, let me just call it that. It is the disappearance of Emanuela Orbandi. And she, um, she lived in the Vatican City of Rome. Okay? In Rome. So this young lady disappeared at the age of 15 back in 1983. So here's what happened. She, I mean, her, her father was, they didn't say exactly what her dad did, but he was this a high-powered individual that worked in the Vatican. You know, so she was always around the Pope, Pope John Paul II at the time. She was always around, always around him. They, they knew the family intimately, um, in, you know, around the city. So she, she was going there every Saturday to have music lessons. Every Saturday, I, I guess the gardens are beautiful in the Vatican, and so she would just take a stroll through the um, through the rose garden after her lessons every Saturday. But this particular Saturday, she took a stroll in the rose garden after her lessons, and she was never heard from again. In 1983, May 7th of 1983, she just up and disappeared. Um, I, I guess her, her what happened was that her mom and dad thought she stayed at a friend's house, so the, an entire day. So the entire Saturday passed. They just thought she was fine. Uh, but I think late, first, first of all, let me backtrack a little bit. Earlier after a lesson, she called her sister and let her sister know that she had gotten this job. This is how kind of dated this story is. She had gotten a job as the Avon representative. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Avon. Yeah. <laughs> so she had called her sister and, let her, and told her sister that. And then she said she would be home. Well, all these sister didn't think anything about it because she had heard from her after her lesson. So they figured she, um, when they woke up the next morning, that she would be at home. But when they woke up that uh, that Sunday morning, she was not there. So they assumed she stayed over at a friend's house. They called the friend. Nope. Nobody had ever heard from her. Um, and so at that point, the parents started to panic and they notified the police. Um, the police went to the, to the Vatican. They did a search. They talked to witnesses. And then one witness said that they, had, they saw her. They saw a green BMW. And they started getting into a green BMW and never to be heard from again. But then the police did. They looked around and looked at the BMW, yada, yada, yada. Nothing. It came up dead end. Dead end. So later on, a few days later, the parents received a ransom call. They received a ransom call and, and said they would, I think it was like $200,000. Well, actually, they received two ransom calls. Let me go back to it. The parents received the ransom call for $200,000. The parents gathered up the money. They were just waiting for a call back to drop the money off. They never they never um, had a call back. 
But then a second call came back into the Vatican, and it was it was this guy. It was it was back in the day. I guess they call him a mobster. I guess so. He was in the Italian mob, and so he said that they had her. He said that they had they had her, and they and they were waiting waiting for the release. They wanted the release of a Turkish prisoner that that I think Rome that they had captured, and so of course they didn't comply with the, with that request because the time for them to, re, um, to release the prisoner had elapsed. So that went that went nowhere. They didn't get any more calls from them or anything else like that. So then they get a third phone call. A third phone call comes into the Vatican. This third, this phone call was saying, okay, we have her, we have her, we kidnapped, we kidnapped her because apparently the Vatican owed them some money. They had loaned some money to the Vatican, you know, and they wanted this loan to repay. They borrowed money from this, I guess, this Italian mobster. They didn't get, they didn't get the repayment back. So they said, of course, they didn't get the repayment back. So she was killed, and her body was thrown away, pretty much. And that's the end of that story. That's horrible. That's interesting, isn't it? So we, we actually don't know which story is true. We don't know, but the thing is that there was a lady that came with that, that they talked to years later, and she was the girlfriend of the last guy, the monster that called in, and, and she confirmed, this is just her, she said she confirmed that yes, she saw the girl, they were holding her, and that they saw, and then she knew that, she, um, that they killed her, and they put her body out into the sea. That, that's what she said. That's, that was the only confirmation that the parents have ever had about this 15-year-old beautiful young lady. That's insane. So my thing is that, you know what, you can't even be safe at the Vatican. No. So which story do you think? You can't you're- be safe at church. You can't be safe at school. You can't be safe at the store or the airports. But think about this, this is 1983, Jay. This is 1983. It was happening in 1983. Exactly. But you know, the thing is, we didn't have social media then like we have yeah. now. So that, and so this story probably would have been enormous because of the implications of the Vatican being involved and, so this, and this monster so-called saying that he loaned, that, that they brought money from them and they never repaid it and they wanted the money back or they're holding a Turkish prisoner. It was just, or, or the fact that for some reason, his dad was his high power guy and wanted this prisoner released. It was just, it was just a lot with the story. So we never know what the truth was. This beautiful young lady at 15 years of age, she went missing. And what if these people were just trying to get money out of them because it's the Vatican? So they're pretending to be A, B, or C. You know what I mean? I see. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it has something to do probably with her dad. The story never said exactly what position her dad held at the Vatican, but it was it was one of those up there positions. It was one of those high positions. So they never said so. Maybe the dad knows and just never said anything, or they just didn't make this in public like that. That makes me sad. Yeah, that makes me a little sad, sauce. Just went to a piano lesson that she had gone to millions of times, and then she got her first job as an Avon representative. And her remains were never found. Huh? Her remains were never found. Nothing of her was ever found. Nothing. Because the, the, the ex-girlfriend of the last mob guy that called in, she said she, she she saw the girl there. They were holding her. And she knew that they killed her. And they got rid of her remains. Like, by throwing them out into the sea. 
and they said based on what she said there, there there's nothing to say that she was not telling the truth i think she even gave a description as to what the girl was wearing when she saw her interesting mm -hmm. very interesting so i just what was what stood out to me was the fact that they had three phone calls mm -hmm. whoever gets three different ransom calls well, that's why my mind was going toward like, are they even valid? Are these people just pretending to be, to get money and saying they have the kid? You know what I mean? Well, well, the thing was that they verified there was a Turkish prisoner that they were, that, that was being held. So that yeah. part was verified. Okay. So, and they wanted to exchange her for the release of this, of this Turkish prisoner. And they were, and what is that they were waiting for a return call to set up to arrange everything they never received that call instead they didn't receive that call they received a third call which was from the, this monster saying that that they were holding her for the ransom because the vatican owed that the vatican had brought some money from these gangsters so to speak and they, the money was never repaid so that was the reason that they took her have you heard of this story before, like on the news or whatever? I, I never remember hearing this. I've never heard of this story. This is, in, this is in 1983. Let me see how yeah. I was. I would have been old enough to under to remember the story. Absolutely. So I, I don't remember the story at all. But that was also a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things have transpired for us. Oh. A lot of brains, but cells have <laughs> expired since. <laughs> I just thought I should have put the photo up there because I, I I had a picture of of her with her family dad and them standing around and sitting standing there with the Pope, so mm. they were very familiar, you know, with, with Pope John Paul II. Yeah. And so I thought, so what must it have been like for him to know that 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 someone came into that's sacred ground, especially for them and and for this kidnapping to take place like that, just for her to disappear. And nothing ever came of the, the so-called green BMW that they saw her getting into. That was the first report. Nothing ever came. That was like a dead end. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever came of that. So all these years, I guess, you know, I, I guess to give them closure, saying that she she saw them, that the that it, this lady witnessed her being held captive and that she knew that they killed her. So I guess for the parents, for the family, that is some closure. I guess that's some closure there. The thing is, is that right when people go missing, like we did the story last week about all the people who went missing in the um, airplane, they have no closure. Yeah. Because it's just like out there with this story, there's closure for them. It's a sad closure, but it's closure nonetheless. Okay. You know, one of my friends um, needs a lot of prayer. Her husband had a really horrible heart attack and oh, wow. was on all different kinds of, he's so young he's in his late 30s wow he had a massive heart attack and uh, they have two sons and he's fighting for his life and so they took him off of some of the machines today and didn't know if he would make it but he's doing good oh good he's, he's still i mean it's not like he's improving but he's not digressing off of the machines um and so they're gonna release them off more of the machines tomorrow. It's just a really sad case, but either way, um, well, yes, definitely in our prayers. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. They're going to get their closure because they know, you know what I mean? They know what he's leaving, but I thought it was really cool, um, that they did dad's handprints on a piece of paper 
for the kids oh. and then gave them all a little vial with a printout of their dad's heartbeat inside. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. That was really cool. Funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow, 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 wow. I thought that was super duper, super duper cool. Hey. How, how old are the kids? 10 and I want to say 14 or 15. Wow, that's really young. That's really young. Well, God bless them. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. But do y'all want to hear a good story? I have just a good story. Let me see. Go ahead. I like this one. Like when I was like, when I heard about this, I was like, okay. And then what happened? Like, did they die? Like, were they killed? Like, what happened? But no, it just ended and it was beautiful and i was just like all right i like this okay this is um, interesting but have you ever just like seen those people that like are down on their luck and shit is just happening like you know when it rains it pours mm -hmm. um anyway and that's kind of like the story um in 1996 tayeb suyami moved to the u.s from africa He's 56 years old. He had four kids. Oh, this is the guy. Okay. Yes. Um, he moved to the United States and lived in a little bitty town called Little Fancy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Little Fairy. <laughs> I just like the word fancy. <laughs> little Fairy, New Jersey. <laughs> um, he was an accountant for a food import company. Like, you know, he did good. He was smart. Um, he was doing really good, like, money-wise, but... As he started having his four kids, you know, times times got rough. Yeah, four kids are expensive. They're very one kid is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So imagine and, and then you've got college and you've got, you know what I mean? This is in nineteen ninety six. It's not like it, I mean that's what, twenty seven years ago. Damn, it doesn't seem that long ago. We said nineteen ninety something. So, um, anyway, he was doing good, but his family got bigger. Um Eventually, his stay-at-home wife went to work full-time, but they were still, you know, they, the, the struggle was real. Um, in 2018, they needed to send their kid to college, so they got their finances together, um, and Tayeb decided to do a refi cash-out on his home. I think that's what initially got my attention, because that's what I do, right? Okay. So, on his home to pay, to get the money out, to pay for his kid to go to college. Right, he's getting his finances all together. Um, he didn't let this affect him though. Like he stayed really optimistic. Like he'll make he'll make the money. He'll pay it back. He will not go into debt. His kids, you know, he just stayed positive throughout the whole whatever. He just the spirit of it's going to be okay. So on May first, um, he's on the way home from work. I'm sorry. He's on the way home from work. Um, his wife calls him and tells him she needs him to stop by the store and pick up some orange juice. Um, I don't know about you. Well, I'm sure I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure this happened to you, but like when you send a guy to the store for anything <laughs> that you need, you really need to specify like I need minute made. No, that is correct. Yeah. Shit. Take a screenshot and send it to them. Or yeah. you're not going to get that. 
<laughs> like, hi, honey. Um, so he just watched him. Um, so anyway, she sends them to the store for and she's they're on a budget. Like they have a strict budget. You know, I, I remember those days. I've got a hundred for electric bill. I've got a hundred for gas. I've got 200 for grocery. You know what I mean? Like you're on a budget. So she sends them to the store <laughs> to go get orange juice. Um, and he is like lost in space, <laughs> like all the orange juices. What do I get? He finally picks one that he thought was a good deal. He's kind of proud of himself. <laughs> Five dollar. Five dollar make you holla. <laughs> oh my God. And so he stops at the store. He stops at the Rite Aid is where he stops in Hackensack, New Jersey. Um, so he spends $5 for this orange juice, which I mean, today's prices, that's cool. But like... But, but $5 back in 1996? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he gets home. He goes into the kitchen. Thought he's doing something good. Sets it down. I've got some orange juice. Here you go. And she, the wife saw the brand and she's like, how much did you pay for that? And he's like, well, $5. And he was, she was like, no. This part is stupid to me. But she's like, no. Take it back to the store. Get your refund. Go to the store by the house. They're selling the same damn brand for $250. Like, no, which is not smart to me because you're going to waste the gas to go back to the store to return it, to go back to the store. You know what I mean? Like, it's but, just... but are you one of those people who always say, I want a deal? So if you know you could get a deal, well, this is how I shop. I know what I like. So if I have to go to like three or four different stores to get what I want, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Whether I'm saving the gas or not. I don't know. I just think it's dumb. I wouldn't do that. I... I don't know. Well, first of all, you first of all you send the guy. Look, my late husband used to know I was. I'm like that. I was a, kind of a bitchy person about what I want. I want a certain brand. And I want a certain size. So he would wait to get to the store and call me. <laughs> and he would stand in front of the item and say, "They have this." Yeah, but this is the same thing. <laughs> so which one do you want? Okay, that works. Cause like I'm not going back again. Okay, so. Tayeb is back at Hackensack, at Hackensack, right? He's back at the store in Hackensack. Um, there's a teenage cashier. He starts doing his little refund process. And uh, while he's doing that, Tayeb's just kind of, you know, looking up and he sees this big sign. I'm not going to tell you what the sign says yet. He sees this big sign and he's like, hmm, do I take the $5 and I go to the store or do I use this $5 and do nothing? What? I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying, okay, keep going. You know the story? No, I don't know the story, but I'm thinking, okay. what he was thinking about, this, about something. So I think I'm right. Okay. So he, he, the guy gives him his $5. He hands it back to the guy. The guy gives him two pieces of paper. He puts it in his pocket. Goes about his merry business, right? He gets to the 7-Eleven where he is going to find the orange juice for two freaking dollars cheaper. Um, and he sees this machine that kind of looks like an ATM. It's got a screen, but it's got like a little laser. He sticks those tickets under there and the screen says see receptionist or see attendant, whatever. Uh -huh. So he's just like, what? Like, all right, whatever. Uh -huh. It's the other one, see receptionist. Uh -huh. So he's like, I don't know, what the hell? 
like whatever. <laughs> he, he gets his orange juice. He um, hands the thing to, oh, I'm sorry. He did not get the orange juice. He goes to the counter first, gives the paper to the receptionist. He tells her, your sheen and says, I got to come up here. You know, I'm sorry. I don't know. The receptionist scans it and looks at him and he was like, what? And she was like, it's big. It's big. Whatever. Right. Uh -huh. Um, he goes back. Oh, he finally gets some orange juice. He gets his damn orange juice. <laughs> he leaves the store. <laughs> um, he's hoping that his wife doesn't doesn't check the bank account and see that now he spent seven whatever instead of two dollars like he didn't get his ship you know she's gonna be mad he was thinking you know i can do yard work in front of her smooth her up she won't be mad at me <laughs> so he <laughs> he goes to the car whatever goes home tells his wife um that what he did, like he confessed, you know, this is what I did, this is the bank account, blah, 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 blah. He hands this over to his wife and he tells her basically that they don't need to struggle anymore. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, he won $315 million. I knew it. Was the jackpot winner. Tayan paid off all of his debt uh -huh. and retired and is living happily ever after. How insane is that? In a press conference, he was quoted as saying, I love OJ now. <laughs> wow. I OJ is the product. Just the, the, the route that he had to take. You know, the orange juice. The orange juice, the wife being as frugal as she was. It, he um, was a good guy trying to do good. Yeah. And he was just, man, really having a hard time. $15 million. And good luck was handed to him and freedom. And financial freedom. Yeah. But here's the, here's the question. Talking about that. Is, do you think having a lot of money is ever the freedom that we think is going to be? No, but I'm being out of debt. Is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Be because I, you know, when people, the more money you have, the more problems you have. But mm -hmm. I, but I, I'm looking forward to having those problems. <laughs> I can't say that I have more problems. I mean, obviously, I started off as like a server in a fish market. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Making what was it two? $2.75 an hour or something like that back then. It was ridiculous. Uh -huh. um, anyway. And then, so it's not like I like was born into money, but as life and you get your career and bit, 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 you usually gain more financial freedom because you're more set in your career. Yeah. So I can say that being debt free has freed me of that burden but I also don't have enough where I'm spanking ass rich. <laughs> That's not a thing. So I don't have that 
but I feel comfortable. I, I don't worry. And I think that that's what site, I don't know. I mean, I don't see him. He paid for his kids college. He paid for all of those debts. He retired. So he's going to save some for the rest of his life. So I can't see him going out there and like, Buying, well, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that we have all that money. You have problems. They're just different problems. Oh, have, yeah. They're just different ones. You know, so you're always going to have them no matter. But but you have the money to try to solve those problems. That's the difference. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. I, you mm-hmm. talked about that. When you're 18 years old, when I tell my daughter this story, about, she's like, you really did work? When I was 18 years old, I had my first job. I made $3.50 an hour. Where? In California. In Encinitas. I was working as a... Um, a uh, facility, a long-term facility. And that was the first job. I was a nurse's aide. That was the first job I ever had in my life. Cause, wow. You know, cause right. Cause growing up, my mom, we were comfortable. Like I said, we didn't, we didn't. Like, almost, cause we I were poor as shit. Wow. Okay. Well, we were middle class. I'll just say that. And so, you know, I didn't have to. So the first job I had, man, I was a hot mess. That, Cause you know what? You're, you're, you're dealing with elderly people. You're dealing with, you know, bodily secretions. Um, yeah, it was not pleasant. It that seems pleasant. like a hard job anyway, though. It, like it really mentally is. and physically. Oh, man, it, it, it really was. But you know what? I was probably, because you know what? I, it was our first job. I stick to it. I, you know, I, I, I stayed with it. And I stayed with that for, and then I, and then I increased my, 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 my nursing degree anyway. So mm-hmm. from that, then I went up and I, I stayed in the nursing field for like 12 years. Long time. But it is the hardest job that and it's a thing you get a thank a thank you every now and then but it's kind of thankless but you know but I, that, that was just three dollars and i thought i was rolling at that point because i had never made my own money anyway you know so with that you know you got it a, feels I, good right it, it feels does, good it does but that i went out i bought my i bought my first car but surprisingly i don't know even how i did but anyway i bought my first, first car got my first apartment loaded up but you know what i had to work out overtime so don't get me wrong i, I worked a hell of a lot of overtime <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah and and going to class but you know what it was just me having to take care of myself so yeah. i was cool with that but so but then like over the years you know as you progressing your nursing your career you begin to make more money like you said you get more money you make more money and you can buy more things and you become less stressed yeah, yeah. and then you and then you think when you get married like okay hey i got married now but that doesn't work either. So don't don't forget that didn't work either. I, I see know. so many cases where there's like a lot of money and double the amount of bills, and these people are just drowning, and it's so sad to me. So sad. That's like some of these people you see on on like social media, and they're making money. You know, they get it paid, and it's like they're spending the money as fast as they make it. They're buying all these like designer bags and shoes and things like that. I'm not that designer person. I like nice stuff and I want to buy something, I'll buy it. But I don't have to have, what are those shoes, those red bottoms? Don't need those, I'm never gonna buy those. <laughs> I don't even see the purpose of that. I'm not gonna buy those. If I want to buy a particular bag, I'll buy it. But I'm not, it, it, it doesn't, I'm not impressed by people who have all that crap. That's what I'm saying. I'm not Speaking gonna that, crap. Beware, there is a Facebook hat going around. They uh-huh. text there, I got a message the other day on my Facebook Messenger that this, um, sweet old man that I know um, friends of our back home but that he was like hey how are you doing yada 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 haven't talked to you in a minute and we message on messenger sometimes uh-huh. Uh-huh. I didn't think anything of it and uh, 
but as the conversation went on, they sent me a um, a link to apply for assistance and they give you like so much money or like whatever. And I'm not gonna, I don't click on links. And a, my friend would not send me a link, you know, yeah, yeah. like, no. Um, and so then later I was like, is, um, he goes, did you click on the link? And I said, you know, I, I don't think that this is my friend. Uh-huh. My friend knows better than to send me a link like this. I do not need your financial assistance, nor do I want it. And I didn't ask for it. And he said, this is so-and-so. And I said, prove it. Who used to sit at the corner of the bar for 12 years, same spot, drink the same drink. Uh-huh. What was his name? And he goes, oh, Janie, come on, it's me. He's been reported. I mean, that was, but I, I, I got those before. So it gets you to click on a link about something. I'm like, I never even applied for anything. So where am I going to get my name from? But what freaks me out is that too, is that I'll get a friend request and, and it, even for like you said, from family members. And I'm like, I don't even follow them. Why, why are they, you know, sending me a friend request again? And yeah. so, so now I've learned that when you get those, just ignore, I don't even click on them, except that I don't do any of that stuff. Because they're you're already following me, so why are you sending me a second friend request? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, it's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on on social media. That's why some people I said I keep mine professional. I don't do the whole people. I don't do all that that personal stuff on there. I I don't do all that. Stuff. I, I, I no, no. tell me your other story. I want to oh, know. Oh, okay. So my second story is I told you when we left Rome. So now we're going over to Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. Portugal. Yeah. Portugal. So right. Everybody I know you remember this story. You had to remember this story. What? This Tell me story happened that. in 2007. Okay, okay. I might remember that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, that <was> left. <laughs> okay, there was a three-year-old little girl. Family went on vacation to Portugal from, from, from the UK to Portugal. They have three kids, a set of twins and a three-year-old. A three-year-old, Madeline McCann. Do you remember her, the story? I'm so bad with names, keep going. Okay, so Madeline McCann, three years old, um, May 3rd, 2007, went missing in Pavalu, Portugal, okay? So here's the story. So this family went on vacation um, they while they were there, they met. Well, I guess they, they knew them before then, but they met friends, had friends there that were there around the same time. And they had been there for about a week thus far. They were staying on a resort on the first level of this resort. So they decided that they were going to meet the friends for dinner. They did not get a babysitter. They left the three year old and the set of, I think they were like a year old twins, asleep. They said they were just going to the restaurant that was only, you know, I guess feet away from from their 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 room. Um, by the time they made it, they, they left the kids about 8:30 p.m. The kids were all, this the kids were all tucked away in their beds asleep, and when they went back to the room about 10 p.m., the three-year-old was missing. And I guess they they went around the hotel suite. They 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 called, you know, hotel security. Everybody was looking for this three-year-old. And never to be, she's never to be found again. So, first of all, there's a lot of issues with this with this story for me. Um, at, at one point, they were saying that that um 
because the guy that was walking in the neighborhood, they saw him holding a little girl or something that looked like, looked like a little girl. They gave a great description of him. They, they picked the guy up. They questioned him. They cleared him. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, so he was clear. So then they, 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 turned, they turned their attention back to the parents. To the parents. And they questioned the parents. And the parents were... The parents have been suspects for, they finally came off the suspect list in 2009. So from 2008 to 2009, the parents were put on this list. So but the funny thing about it is that when you're in Portugal and you don't think so, they said in this particular area, there were 38 known registered sex offenders just in that area alone. And it's not a very, you know, dense, it's not densely populated at all. So um, to have 38 pedophiles, in like a five mile that that's huge that's huge so one of the questions that the police that they this one 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 of i guess the situation that, that the parent had was that the the saturday morning before the little girl went missing saturday saturday night they had breakfast and the little girl said why didn't you come and um, get me and my brother when we were crying the night before she asked her mom, the three-year-old did. And the mom re- re- uh, recalled this story and she mentioned the story to police. So she said, when she went, uh, finally when she went in to check on them, they, they were asleep. But when they initially started crying, they, the little girl told her mom, you didn't come in there. So the thing was, the mom was like, the mom was thinking, was there someone in their room the night before? And the, and we didn't go right away to check on them. You know, or was somebody like in someone, someone around in the room, or had they met somebody, or or what? What was the situation? So my question: If if you're if you hear two of your kids crying, why wouldn't you get up immediately and go into the room and find out why your three-year-old and the infant is crying? Yeah, and and if and if your daughter said something to you like that over breakfast, like why do you come into the room? We were crying because the, the core thing was she said there was a monster in our room. That's what she said to her mom. And she just kind of brushed it off. And then the same night of that day, the same at nighttime on the same day, this three-year-old went missing. So um, what do you, and they said they, they circulated this all over Europe, all over the UK. They circulated this story for months and months and months and with nothing. They, they said they don't know, it, it could be sex trafficking. You know, you take a three-year-old, it could be sex trafficking. They could have just taken her, they could have, they could have killed her. You know, somebody just maybe wanted wanted to have a child. So you have all these scenarios out there and there are no answers at all for the disappearance of this three-year-old. Do you not find that the parents were negligent in securing their children? I would never leave my three-year-old alone. Yeah, never. Mm-mm. Ever. 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 With another child. They're too young. Yeah. At three years old, you can't expect a seven, ten even a 15 year old an irresponsible one like a boy so but she she was the oldest because you know they had a set of, they have a set of twins she was actually the oldest the three-year-old was the oldest and so you left a three-year-old and then you left two other infants oh i thought it was a three-year-old and a seven-year-old my bad no no no, no these are the twins i think the twins were like i don't know some someone's old like like 15 months old or something to that effect they were under two yeah we would never ever 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 Ever, ever, ever do that. That is ridiculous. That's stupid. That's irresponsible. That's negligent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what would possess you to say, 
I'm gonna go, even if you're only so many feet away, you're just right, right in the dining room, but your kids are left in a bungalow, basically alone. Not basically, they were left alone. Even if they were sleeping, kids wake up throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of the things was, was stories was that because the friends that they had dinner with, that they didn't come, you know, when they found out they were being, um, this was going on at the resort, the friends did not come right, right to their aid. They're saying that maybe these friends had something to do with the disappearance of their kid because they didn't come right to the aid when they found out that this three-year-old was missing. Why would you automatically jump to the assumption that the people that you call friends had kidnapped your daughter? What, what, what was it about them that, that you said, oh my God, maybe they just had something to do with this? I mean, it's possible because they invited you guys to dinner and you guys went like some idiots without having a babysitter for your kids. I mean, that's possible. But why would you jump to that conclusion? I don't know, unless they're not saying anything. But I mean, but but they were investigated though. The the friends were investigated and they were cleared. So they they were cleared. So the the this thirty three year old guy that they said they saw walking with the child, he was cleared. The friends were I know they're no they're no longer friends. They were cleared, and they finally were taken off of the, the list as suspect potential suspects. I'm just, I was just baffled. And I remember the story so because it freaked me out. And I was so sure that the parents had something to do with the disappearance of this three-year-old. You know, but but the fact that they were clear, they said they that they searched, I mean, thousands of miles. I mean, from 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 Portugal all the way to the United States. They have had to search for this three-year-old. You know, I mean, I can definitely, you know, I, I used to work in casinos and I remember very, very vividly, there was this, you see that stuff all the time and you don't necessarily like know for a fact that it's sex trafficking, but you know that these girls aren't happy. And I remember there was this one girl, I don't know her name, and I saw her twice Mm -hmm. um, during my time there, Um, but she had short blonde hair, dressed real skanky, of course. but she, the way that she looked at me mm-hmm. was like, help me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it just, so I went to go put my stuff down mm-hmm. and then I went back to, to her. She mm-hmm. never said anything to me. She just looked at me and I went to go back over to her. Like literally the bar where I set my stuff down was like 10 feet at mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. So I go set my stuff down. I have to go behind the bar, punch my code, go behind the bar, whatever, whatever. Set my stuff down. I come back out and she's gone and I never saw her again. Wow. My intention was to go to her. I got to go to the bathroom. I want to go. You know what I mean? Or, oh, okay. 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 Like it, it just any, I, I don't know. I don't know how I could have helped, but I would have but she was no longer there when I went back. But I just remember that, like, cause we saw them come in and out. There were prostitutes, there were over, casinos are disgusting places. There's <laughs> overdoses in the bathroom once a day or several times a day sometimes, depending on if it's a Friday, Saturday or Tuesday. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it was just, it's, it's a different world working inside of a casino. And um, you see all kinds of stuff. And that girl just, her face has always, always stuck with you. This is kind of haunts you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And you just realize, I, I mean, you know it's out there, but when you see it, 
you know? This little girl just trapped in this, and not little, I shouldn't say little. She had to have been um, 18 to get in. Okay, yeah, they must have ID. Yeah. Yeah. But she was little. Just like you said, like in the casinos, and like, I, I think that's where predators, where, where they, they hang out in the casinos, hotels, resorts. They, they hang out because, yeah. So you have to be careful, you know, with your kids. I recall one time, uh, my husband used to work at a casino too. And so I remember him coming on and saying, you know what, what is wrong with people? It was a lady, she had left her kids in the car, in the mm -hmm. parking garage, mm -hmm. and she was in the casino gambling. Yep. And so they had to notify. The, um, and so I guess, you know, they asked the kid their name. So he said, they're calling her, you know, in the casino. They're telling her to, you know, um, to come, you know, to the garage or whatever. And so I guess all the police are there. They said, she was, he said, she was like, they're raising hell. Like, why are you here? My kids are finally, my kids alone. And they're like, why, you cannot leave your kids on the property in the car unattended while you're in the casino gambling. Her reason was, well, she was there to, to, to get some, um, to raise her rent money. So you're there to make money. Are you, you that sure? That you're going to win, that you're there, you took left your kids. I mean, didn't have a bed. They they weren't home in bed. They're there in a car, in a garage, while you're in a casino game. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible in there. I do not. It's look. Listen, Linda. It's <laughs> very, very good money. I will not lie about that. I was the high limits cocktail server, so I worked the table games and I did football games and the things like that. Like it's very, very good money, and I only had to work like three days a week. You know what I mean? And, but, and if you came across a really a big winner, they would tip the crap out of you. Yes, yes. I had one guy. He drank Blue Moon and a shot of Fireball, uh -huh. and he would dump the Fireball in his Blue Moon, and then he wanted three shakes of Tabasco. Wow! Uh, yuck. And he would only order it for me. And every time I served him, he would give me one to $500 every single time. If I was working in another section, he would like tell the manager on duty, like, I want, I'm, I'm not drinking. I want her to serve me. <laughs> so I would have to like go to him. Yeah. I loved oh, him. I'm happy to yeah. see him. Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. I don't even know his name. I never knew his name. I don't even know if he spoke English, but I knew what he wanted. <laughs> so. It's all that matters. Look, he's wanted to serve him a drink, give him a little conversation, and keep it moving. So, have you ever had like dreams or like premonitions, and then it's like deja vu and it comes true? Nothing lately. But you have. I have. I have. Uh huh. You have. I have. Like literally, then my most vivid one was one of my friends. I, I've had two kids already and I, I was young so I was like 22 I think anyway and um, one of my friends passed away and in my dream that night he came in my dream to tell me goodbye the next morning I woke up and his mom told me he had passed that night Shoot. yeah it was crazy like I've definitely had dreams like that I don't think I've ever had a dream though where it was like I can't go left because it's not safe. I need to go right. Have you had one of those dreams that is so vivid that you know you're sleeping, but when you wake up, it still feels like it really happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those freak me out. Yeah. Because I know that when I'm sleeping, that I'm dreaming, but then when I wake up, I feel like I'm still in it. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I don't, I don't like that feeling at all. No. No. So, in 2006, this chick named Sarah kept having strange dreams, right? Like, she would dream about this girl named Aurora. And she had this... Let me back up. Thank you, Mr. Ballin, for the story, because it really intrigued me. Mr. Ballin, guys, on YouTube. Okay. So in 2006, Sarah was having these strange, strange dreams about these girls named Aurora. This girl named Aurora. Sometimes Aurora, it's really hard for me to say this name. Sometimes Aurora would speak in these dreams and sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes she'd just be kind of standing off or in the crowd or standing to the side or, you know, just creepily there. And she kept thinking, you know, do I know this person? Sarah was like, oh, is this a war chick? Why does she keep showing up in my dreams? Like, do I know her from somewhere? She's like manifesting in there. Aurora had really striking, prominent features and long, straight black hair. You know, she was, it was crazy. Well, enough of these dreams and these dreams and these dreams. And Sarah started investigating, like, who the hell is Aurora? Where do I know her from? She looked through her phone book all of her social media handles, like all of her friends and you know, whatever. Nothing, nothing. Um, so then she posted online, like, has anyone been having these crazy dreams like about this girl named Aurora? Like she's grabbing at straws by this point, right? Like where is this Aurora coming from? She posted on Reddit, I believe it was. Um, if anybody has been having strange, if anybody has ever had a dream about you know, other people or whatever, whatever. <sighs> Nothing ever came of it. Like whatever this post was that she responded to went viral, but Aurora's post was like 44,000 deep within all the posts there, you know? Nothing ever came of it, whatever. She forgot about it. A few years later, Sarah and her best friend, it's Halloween. They're on the way back from, um, like a party, a Halloween party. Okay. They stop and get gas. They park in front, you know, you pull in the gas station, parked right in front of the store. They want to get snacks, whatever. They go in the store, they get their little grubby grub garbage. They go to leave the gas station. Um, they're taking their time, you know, they're opening their snacks, they're getting out their phone, they're doing whatever, whatever. Um, they go to like, you know, like when you're, when you go to merge on the highway from the gas station, some gas stations, especially all the highway, you pull out of the gas station and then there's like a merge lane over here where you can like merge on, right? Mm -hmm. It's late at night. There's nobody outside. They pull up to this merge and um, Sarah's phone rings. A number she doesn't know, but she answers it. And she's like, hello, hello, hello. Like nothing, it's fucking there whatever um the road is clear there's nobody behind her she puts the car in park and sh she doesn't know like what the hell is going on so eventually this car pulls up behind sarah they're all impatient they start honking you know whatever whatever um so sarah turns off her phone she gets on the highway this dude that's honking is all road 
road raging, mm-hmm. around her, through the freaking shoulder dirt, goes around Sarah. And then this Toyota, I think it was a Corolla, is going down the road and those two collision. Okay. They collide. Both drivers die. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, just huge accident. Sarah stopped in the road, you know, like in shock because this person who just got angry and went around her because she was on the phone answering this phone that she didn't know who it was, just died in front of her. Like, what's going on? Both cars are towed. Um, so Sarah like gets up the next day and she's thinking back, like, if I wouldn't have answered this crazy ass number, that would have been me. Yeah. I would have been on the highway. That car would hit me. Uh-huh. I would have died. So she's like, I just curiosity killed the cat, right? So she calls back this number. It went to voicemail. The voicemail was Aurora. Aurora. The one in her dream? The one in her dreams. Sarah was shook. Shook. <laughs> shook. So was I. <laughs> I like heard this. Um, so she tried calling again. The ne- she didn't get a return call. So she called again the next day. Uh-huh. I get a or- Aurora and she freaking answered the phone. Aurora answered the next day. Aurora answered the next day. So these two, Sarah and Aurora, get to talking. Sarah tells her about her dreams. Mm-hmm. She tells her about the car ro- crash. She tells her, you know, if you wouldn't have called, that would have been me. Like, I would have been on the highway at that time. This guy sped around me because I answered your call. Mm-hmm. He died. And Aurora's like, that's crazy, yo. But I didn't, <laughs> night. I didn't call you. What? Yeah. She's like, I didn't call you. Sorry. Yeah. um that that is so the story of their power opens up she's like now like this number that called her that saved her was aurora aurora is saying she never called sarah but aurora in my eyes aka guardian angel keeps sarah from dying and then sarah Freaking looks on Facebook and types in Aurora's full name after talking to her. You know what uh-huh. I mean? It's a picture of the girl that was in her dreams. Wow. It's a picture of the wow. girl that wow. was in her dreams that saved her life. That's the mic drop moment. Nuts is that. Also, uh, I wonder, are they still friends? They still stay in touch? I don't know. I don't know, Willis. There's not even, I, there's, that's the only freaking info I could find. I couldn't even find what state it was in. I have no idea. Now, see, I love these stories. I love these stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So there's a dream for you tonight. Boom, chicka, bow, wow. But I, 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 I meet people and I, or people come into my life and I know they come into my life for a reason. I'm that person that believes that. I, I, I truly do. People come and going up for a reason. I actually believe that. That's just my idea. Look what my daughter just brought me. 
Damn, she's bought you Whoppers. Damn it. Send me that box of Whoppers. I don't need, I, that, that's like one of my favorite candies of all time. Me too. Me too. But anyway, so yeah, pay attention to your dreams, folks. Sometimes it's okay to answer that number. And if it's not somebody that's trying to save your life, just say, please put me on the do not call list. It's very, very simple. You know what? I, <laughs> telling that story, I was like, I get phone calls all the time for numbers I don't recognize. And I just, I just deny them. I don't. And Sarah them. wasn't one to answer numbers that she didn't know. But she decided to answer this particular time. She decided to answer it this one. But it, it, and it saved it's, her life. It's always the Holy Spirit that's moving. We need to always remember that. It's always the Holy Spirit that's moving. Yeah. All the, all the time. You know, I, I used to always tell the story. I said, like, I, when, I, when I used to have a conversation, I always have conversations with God. But that night when I had that conversation with God about my, my late husband, I knew he was dying. I was like, and so you could tell when I would tell people that story, they, they were looking at me like, but I know. I remember that story. Yeah. You brought my ass to tears that day. <laughs> I was crying like a bit. Her husband passed away in the saddest, saddest way. And their love was just uncomparable. And she was fine. And I was crying like a little baby. Trust me, I, I had probably cried so many tears. I didn't have any more to cry. You know, but I say that to say, I say that to tell people that when you ask God for help or to you know and when so many times we don't listen to Him anyway, but He's always given us the answers. We just don't listen. But it's like at that moment when you're like at that lowest point and He's just like, "Look, what you want me to do with this? Not, you know, you got help." Yeah. And, and He's like, "Okay, now you're listening to Him." And so that those those are really special. But now I try to pay attention all the time. God and I, I try not to move without his blessing permission yeah. when I do things. So that's that's what you Well this was another beautiful episode. This was a really a really you know what happens? I'm gonna tell every time we do an episode and afterwards I feel so I don't know, relaxed but excited at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Because I think this this like allows us to be ourselves and to share some some maybe not so great stories but still at the end we always find a positive twist on stuff so i like it I so like if you're it. listening to this please 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 like <laughs> forward share bookmark favorite heart something because god knows we need the followers guys <laughs> get up and if you're not listening to this it's but they're, 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 they're this is real come. people with real shit they're, 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 they're gonna come they're gonna come i just have faith that they keep doing what we do and they're going to come i love i i love it but i do i never thought i would really be excited to um but anytime i get in there and i start researching a story I get really, I was like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Especially when you go back years ago. It's so amazing how, yeah, these stories, they happen, but we didn't have social media back then. And so now they didn't get the attention or, or only certain stories got attention. Well, not every missing person, every missing person they can have, we can put their stories out there. And that's the goal that we try to do. Well, God be with all of the family and survivors of all of the mass shootings this year you are in our prayers didn't we 
just have another one a couple days ago? Yes. Another one. So our prayers are with you. We will not be here next Friday, but we will figure out another day and get it together. Yeah. And, and, then, and then it gives you guys a, a chance to get caught up on Spotify. So yes. whatever you missed, go to Spotify, download, 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 and catch up on all the stories that we have. Because we've had some really good ones. Jamie's had some really gory ones. Here. If, if you like gore, okay. Yeah, and you know, my sister-in-law might join us on another episode. Possibility. Get her two cents on a story. Okay. Maybe a little special guesty, guesty, guesty. I But we love you guys and we thank you for your support. This concludes another beautiful episode of Whatever Thank you.